0: When you start to show up as yourself, and you can start with your clothing, it means that that filters into recognising your worth and really owning your business and sticking to your guns.
1: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Moneymakers podcast. I am so happy you've chosen to join me today. This podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money without leaving their integrity behind. I'm Ray Dodd, a money and business coach and my very favourite thing is seeing those who have underestimated themselves or been underestimated by society make more money. I believe we owe it to one another to take the discussion around money far beyond manifestation and money blocks and to get into what's really holding us back from making more money. So let's dive into this week's episode. (music) Welcome to Karen Arthur, who is my guest today. I've known from the beginning of like me even thinking about doing this podcast that I wanted to chat to someone about the impact our clothing can have on our money making. And of course, Karen is the absolutely the perfect person to have that chat with. So I'm really excited about today. I was just saying to Karen before we properly started, some people who are listening may have noticed that, that I, I often shoehorn clothes <laughs> into a conversation. So you'll be used to this chat, but um, I'm really excited to kind of expand and dig into it. I also want to say that this is not, for anyone that's listening, I don't even need to check this with Karen, because I know this will be her take on it as well. This is not about having to show up a certain way to deserve money. I think sometimes clothing and money, we have this very uh, specific image of what a money-making person looks like. And I'm sure we're going to chat about this, but about exactly why that is not I'm certainly not going to encourage, not going to be encouraging to you to do. So don't worry, this isn't about you like putting on your smartest, most constricting suit and heels in any way, unless you love that. If you love that, then fine. Um, So instead, we're talking about the incredible power that um, being yourself in your clothing holds, and the impact that can have on money making. And I have no doubt that we're going to talk about what much more than that as well because Karen also has a podcast called menopause whilst black and talks a lot about mental health stuff as well as her where you're happy stuff too so I'm sure we're going to cover loads of stuff before we get into the other questions do you want to tell everyone a bit about who you are and what you do Karen no <laughs> no actually cool actually I uh, don't I just
0: want to sit and listen to you talk about me <laughs> that, that works for me no of course I will <laughs> that for you didn't it? no.
1: No, it's, it wouldn't be the first time I interviewed Flair wouldn't mind me saying this but I interviewed Flair Emery a while ago and I told this story and she went yeah and I was saying how brilliant a post of hers was and then she just went I don't really know why I wrote that post I think that's nonsense <laughs> and I was like cool okay
0: exactly so yes I am the Karen Arthur (laughs) I am a fashion designer a fashion creative and a sewing tutor I'm Mm -hmm. a podcast host I'm a model I'm a speaker and I was a teacher for almost three decades um so I live very strongly by the mantra of doing what you love and seeing mm-hmm. where that takes you yeah I recognize that I speak from a place of privilege but I've created that privilege I'm gonna say yeah um, around how I've managed or not managed money or mm. my all that kind of stuff you know last year I didn't have podcast host on my on my yeah. the year before I didn't have model on my roster so mm. who knows what next year will bring but mm-hmm. yeah that's nice. me, I think.
1: Yeah, and it's the modelling stuff. I wanted to ask you. I live in Faversham. You were in your Specsavers. You were in our train station. <laughs> I think our mutual friend Emma Brammer took a photo of herself by it. Was the modelling something that's happened later, or is that something that you've you've always done? It's really funny
0: because, uh, yeah, the modelling is definitely something I've gotten into later. But what I will say is when I was young, when I was, what was I, 17? Before I left, I was brought up in Banbury, Oxfordshire. So before Mm. I left that small market town to go off to the big wide world, Leicester, uh, (laughs) I did go to a local um, photography studio Mm. to have pictures taken to become a model. Mm. But they... Um, said that I could be a glamour model now anybody who re- right your face re- anybody who remembers the sun mm. and awful page three yeah. the mirror that's yeah. what glamour modelling was yeah. and I was out of there like a yeah. bloody shot <laughs> absolutely so I, uh, I so I've done like the odd fashion show and stuff like that but I no I wasn't a model no and, and I certainly didn't get paid for it and then I hit 55, and I did some modelling for Lumen App because I basically I had I'd made a dress for a client, right. a client, and her friend started an app, a dating mm. app for the over 50s, and they wanted real right. people, and yeah. so I did some modelling for them, and somehow Specsavers got hold, and the okay. next thing you know, I was modelling for them, and now I'm signed to a model agency. So there's Amazing.
1: that. <laughs> And you are an excellent glasses wearer. So it feels like spec savers is a good thing. Because sometimes the models and spec savers, and I'll say this because I don't want you to get in trouble, but they don't look like they wear glasses. I hear you. I, I totally look <laughs> they like you. they're floating on their face. I do hear you.
0: You However, wear your this, glasses. This campaign around, they they reached out to people who definitely wore mm, glasses. Mm. And it's not so much spec savers. I see a lot. No, of
2: it's glasses ad, ads, ads. Glasses
0: ads where. Yeah. They've got a model and they plonk glasses on them. Yeah. It doesn't work, which is yeah. why Specsavers, I, I suspect, that campaign was incredibly successful. It
1: was brilliant. Um, I knew who you were anyway. So I was like, I remember being like, oh, that's Karen Arthur. <laughs> but also it was very attention grabbing anyway. I yeah. mean, it's getting so much better, isn't it? Like we're seeing different bodies. Like it's so exemplary of exactly what it used to be like where I'm guessing you had a certain pair of boobs and so you can be a glamour model that's the only place you can go whereas now it is I'm not saying it's good I'm not saying it's perfect I
0: hear you I but hear you there
1: is you know there is this like nudging shifting over to seeing people that reflect
0: there is certainly a trend and I use that word deliberately yeah towards using black and brown faces in yeah. advertising yeah yeah and I have thoughts on that that we may or may not go into. But certainly, <laughs> it is lovely to see. Yeah. But we're not stupid. No. <laughs> Let's just put it that way.
1: Yeah. And I think it's it's black and brown faces. It's different bodies. It's not mm. uh, non-able body. It's like so many yeah. different things. And yeah. certainly, since June 2020, I've seen an, a, a shift in, yeah, absolute black and brown faces, but also all sorts of yeah stuff. But it's to see if it. Yeah, like, absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's brands on. cottoning on. Yeah. So they can fix something on the surface without actually digging deep yes. into the makeup yes. of their brands. But hey, yeah.
1: <laughs> capitalism. We are exactly. Hey. Oh, my. <laughs> Gone straight in. Oh, yeah, exactly. I had no doubt that was what we were going to do. So, can you tell us, like, reel really, it right all the way back? So, you mentioned teaching, you mm. mentioned that stuff, but how did you actually end up? stopping the teaching and doing what you do now so all the different bits that you do how did you go from that very traditional kind of working model to what you do now which is much more the kind of new world of all these different bits that are available to us oh
0: gosh well I will say that I went into teaching because I could yeah but I would also say that I went into teaching dance because I Mm. loved dance Mm. and when I worked out that I could do a degree around what I loved and also then teach it I was in yeah there's there is that and I taught dance for I did a performing arts degree because I had played the piano and I was a drama queen I loved drama but I I loved love dance I really loved disco dancing if I'm honest Mm. I wasn't ballet trained I didn't have contemporary training didn't have any of that stuff and so I ended up doing a performing arts degree, and then I taught dance a little bit afterwards, whilst also being on the doll, if anybody remembers that. <laughs> and then I do, yes. <laughs> I Yeah, and then I decided to get my postgrad, and yeah. then I moved to London as a fully Qualified teacher, dance teacher, yeah. with art as my second specialism. But I never in 28 years I never ever taught. I mm. kept it well quiet. <laughs> um and so I taught dance. And then after about 17 years, I got an injury. I went into my the head at the time at the school. The school was North Westminster School, it no longer exists. North Westminster Community School. And I said, Listen, my foot hurts, but I'm really good with the sewing machine. Can I teach textiles?" Mm and at the time there was a textiles teacher and in three months she moved to America and they gave me her job Oh wow! (laughs) honestly it was nothing to do with me it's almost like (laughs) I called Mm. it in so I taught textiles for a couple of years and then I was asked to become acting head of year I thought I could do that why not yeah I absolutely loved it Mm -hmm. I was like oh my god this is great the hardest work I've ever done in teaching I will Mm. say it's teaching many teachers know this you can't just go into work teach and come home again that's not what teaching is about it's everything it's it's your life it consumes you and Mm. being a pastoral leader was the hardest work I'd ever done
2: Mm. so I
0: did that I moved schools I moved to Plumstead Manor and then I moved to another school and then boys school and teaching changed in that time email arrived so you were at the beck and call of parents teachers Mm. line managers to everybody
2: yeah
0: but the teaching system the Tories came into government yeah you know and every child matters became you know every statistic matters yeah and I noticed I didn't love it as much but I was suppressing that because I was fixated on paying my mortgage yeah I'd split up from my partner we'd been together 20 years it wasn't Mm. the, the great split up are there any great split ups I'm sure there are ours wasn't and so I wrapped my arms metaphorically around my children my daughters mm. and I made everything about keeping my house I did a load of stuff I changed my wheel I dropped a pension I did lots of things to make sure that I was financially secure mm. for my daughters yeah and so I didn't notice me falling out of love of teaching I didn't really mm. notice it and then mm. my girls went to university in mm. so 2014 they went off to university one went back one went for the first time and for the first time I had to turn the gaze on myself and I wasn't too happy mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I yeah I, I did I thought god is this it then is that is that it I just work and I come home and work and then I go to bed and then I get up and then I do it all over again and then I die yeah it? yeah they kept putting the retirement age up yeah well I don't know what it is now because I no longer do that I don't take any notice but it was winter going into winter it was getting colder my boiler broke I was going into menopause yeah. and I was in denial and mm. I had never had any therapy really mm-hmm. to talk, speak of from when I split up for my partner. Yeah. So I was ignoring all the stuff that was shouting at me, going, take care of yourself, take care of yourself, take care of yourself. And I was going, Yeah, Woo, I've got to work, I've got yeah. to work. Yeah. And so it lit me down as as uh the Caribbean community would say. I yeah, I broke. Mm. That's, that's basically it. I broke.
1: Yeah. And so
0: this is a long-winded story. I'm really sorry to anybody's. Don't be <laughs> sorry.
2: <laughs> we need to hear it
0: I had time off work I tried to get better to get back to work I thought about work all the time I clearly wasn't getting better Mm. I went back to work it wasn't very good I was Mm. forgetting things I had brain fog I had physical symptoms that I was ignoring Mm. so I've Didn't realise it was menopause. but No one was talking about it like they are now. It's everywhere now. And certainly if they were talking about it, they didn't look like me. That's for sure. And so I thought I was going mad and I was scared to tell anyone because Mm. how could I do my job? And what would I do if I didn't do my job? I was absolutely petrified. Mm. And it got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I had a kind of epiphany or whatever you want to call it. It was like, okay, so I either get worse
2: yeah
0: and die it sounds mm. very dramatic but that's how I felt yeah or I I had suicidal ideation which mm. I'm not which makes me uncomfortable talking about but it's important to understand that that's what ha- that can happen mm. I didn't make the link I was diagnosed as anxiety and depression. yeah nobody was making the link between that and menopause mm. yeah it was a lot I just yeah. thought I just had to I, I don't feel like I had a choice yeah and so when I left teaching, I thought, "Oh well, that was the problem. Now I'm going to get better." <laughs> mm. Anybody <laughs> who's ever left a stressful job uh, or has ever become ill and thought it's one thing, mate, it's just not mate. You know. And so it all it did is give me space to get worse. Actually, mm. Mm. that's, that's yeah. the vacuum created. Mm. all the stuff so I became physically unwell I, I fell down a hole which mm. is, I'm laughing at but actually created a whole heap of um physical issues remember yeah. I was a dancer so yeah. I was very proud of them and I remember thinking okay well I'll leave teaching and I'll be really fit and I won't be a drain on the NHS and I'll be mm-hmm. the fittest 94 year and then I got and then I couldn't walk I bought yeah. a bloody
2: yeah.
1: cane a beautiful
0: yeah. I've got of course cane. <laughs> it's gorgeous but a okay, cane nonetheless
1: yeah so what
0: did i do oh god in the middle of all this i haven't mentioned that it's big my aunt passed away my aunt monica mm-hmm. became ill she went into hospital she came out she went into hospital she came out she went to hospital she and she died mm. no one was expecting it mm. i didn't expect to feel the way i still feel six years later and I was the executor for her will. So I suppose I put everything to one side. So I've just left my teaching career behind. I'm fun employed. I'm masking. I'm pretending yeah. that everything's fine. I've just started therapy, but really I'm just turning up and telling my therapy stories. I'm mm. not really engaging properly. And she yeah. recognises this. Yeah. I think therapy is going to be about six weeks. It's three, <laughs> it ends up being three years. I know. I, I know did
1: that too. I, I, I know. Said- I said to my therapist, I'll "Do it the first for six week,
0: weeks, and then it'll be fine." I was like,
1: do you think we'll be I'll done be in six weeks? Do you think Do you think around six weeks for this? Mm. Two and a half years later, we're still mm. here. <laughs> yeah.
0: I and I and I also I had also not been into therapy for ages. One because I was busy fixing everybody else and mm. making sure everybody else was okay, but also it was expensive. Yeah, and I decided I couldn't afford it. I decided that therapy wasn't for me. It was some. It was something other people did. No one talked about therapy. Black mm. folks didn't do therapy. Mm-hmm. It wasn't talked about in the black community. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> my aunt, my dear departed aunt, called me off. Uh, she called me up to tell me off. I told my mum very tentatively. Mm. he told my aunt. My aunt called me to tell me I don't need to pay a stranger yeah. to talk about our business yeah. and that I could talk to her and I could talk mm. to my mum. And I was like, right. That's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Know, with all due respect, Auntie. Yeah. And then a month, two months later, she was yeah. gone. I remember packing up her flat, her lovely little flat in Peckham, which if I could have afforded, I would have bought because hello mm. Peckham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she had she had like a a Sony Walkman and she had art and she had. Good clothing from like St. Michael and CNA. Like mm. she wasn't really into fashion, but she liked good quality clothes. So she was mm-hmm. into wool and and you know that kind of thing. A lot of her stuff we had to sell the house. Part of her will was we had to sell the house. So the flat. So I had to get rid of a lot of her stuff. A lot of stuff went to uh, secondhand shops, but there were a couple of skirts that I kept, and one is a Red maxi skirt, which I actually wore yesterday mm. because June is the anniversary of her uh, passing. Mm. That's so how I was drawn to that yesterday from St. Michael, which is the old Marks and Spencer's.
2: Yeah.
0: And a pleated chiffon number, which is far too big for me, which I belt in from CNA. And a bangle that I haven't taken off. As I started to get better, we're talking months later, we're talking 2016 now. Mm. I noticed that when I wanted to feel better, I would reach for her clothes Mm. in particular. I didn't really know that's what I was doing. I didn't it wasn't conscious. I just found myself wearing her stuff a lot and thinking about her a lot. I missed her a lot. We weren't particularly close. I didn't see her all the time. We were close in our outlook on life. Yeah. She travelled a lot and she played the piano like I did. We had lovely chats about education she was convinced i was going to do an ma in education i kept saying yeah that's really not happening (laughs) so you you dream on this is what we do we live through you know Mm. uh, our parents wishes teaching was my parents wish Mm. the status kind of job one day i promised a friend i'd meet her to go to a jazz festival and i got out of the shower and i was late i sat on the bed in my towel and looked behind me at my wardrobe's and I didn't want to go I wanted to get into bed the pull Mm -hmm. of my duvet was really strong and I thought okay well I'm going to meet my friend Sharon I said I'd meet her let me just put something on that will get me to the station if Mm. I can just get to the station I'll be okay
2: yeah
0: and that was the first time I realized that I was making conscious decisions to lift my around what I wore to lift my mood and I remember I wore a I wrapped a beautiful, vibrant kente cloth, with different colors mm. around my head, mm. big, tall. And I wore a yellow wrap top that I'd made and a pair of dark je- new jeans that I'd made and mm. some yellow platforms. And I felt incredible. Yeah. And it got me to the station and it got me on the train and it got me to the south and it got me to my <sighs> prayers and it got me through the door. And I had a mm. bloody brilliant time. Mm. And I yes. started to talk about that on Twitter yeah Twitter was where everybody was it it wasn't what it is now not that twitter is awful but it's different now and i hashtag i know and i hashtagged where you're happy
2: yeah
0: and for a long time i was talking to myself and all i did was put up a picture of what i wore that day Mm. and i hashtag where you're happy and then i ran away again yeah (laughs) yeah and now it's a thing i couldn't understand why nobody else was doing it like i didn't get if Choosing clothing to lift your mood works and it does by the way. Yeah. Why isn't everybody doing it? Why are we taught to wear trends? Why are we mm. taught to buy, buy, buy? Why do we squeeze into things that don't fit us or don't necessarily suit us or we feel shit in? Yeah. Why do we do that? I didn't understand. Yeah. And now fashion psychology has come to the fore. There's a lovely woman, Shakayla Ellis. I've said her name right, young woman who, who's a fashion psychologist, she has an mm. MA in it, she talks about the links between what you wear and work and how you show up in the world and, you know, fantastic stuff that I wholeheartedly believe in. And I also believe that wearing clothes as if I was going to leave my house every day during certainly the first and second lockdowns saved my sanity. Mm. You know, I was the one when everybody was not wearing bras by everybody. I mean, with people with boobs, I was buying matching sets because yeah. I love matching lingerie is one of my eight ways to wear you happy. I think they're great things. They're pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All I'm hearing is there are eight ways to wear you happy. I'm like. <laughs> Well,
0: there may be more, more, but back in 2017, I wrote an ebook, Eight Ways to Wear You're Happy, which is on my website. Oh, well, we'll link to that. I'm sure I've come up with more and I'm sure I could update it, but I feel there are so many ways. People assume looking at me that where you're happy is colour. I understand Mm. that, I get that, but it really isn't. Mm. Where you're happy is wearing clothes that have memory. Yeah. People gave to you that make you smile, that remind you of your childhood. That remind you of somewhere you went vintage clothing with 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 a history yeah you know it, it smells it's it's texture it's so much more yeah than putting a bright color on because totally. some people don't like bright colors
1: no and actually like you know I can't wear black like I just can't it doesn't feel right on me mm. but it's an incredibly chic and um, it can look mm. amazing On oh, like there's nothing wrong with that color it's just I I I personally feel very fidgety if I'm not wearing something that I feel reflects me in that Mm -hmm. moment. Like I get really like, like after I had kids, I used to wear vintage dresses all the time. Mm. Um, I even went through a small phase and stopped because I just couldn't deal with it with the corsets and everything but that was too uncomfortable but I wore vintage clothes all the time and then when I had kids I couldn't breastfeed in them my body wasn't the same I didn't fit into any of them and so I wore the Breton tops and at the time it was like skinny jeans sometimes colorful well there's nothing wrong with that but it's so not me it's a uniform yeah and I felt it was the mum it's the new mum uniform (laughs) and I felt twitchy and wrong in it like it was not enjoyable at all I hear you so much in what you're saying it's like I love what you're saying about how you put on something to feel a certain way I think sometimes we feel like we've got to have the perfect mindset before we're allowed the rest of it to kind of catch up or we've got to be if we're gonna dress like we have a certain amount of money we have Mm. to have that money first
0: Mm. oh god no well it's it's the classic fake it till you make it there's that Mm. but also I feel like as humans, we are so far removed from how we feel. Yes, and there's so much externally. Social media does not help, by the way. No, so much externally that we aspire to or adhere to that goes fundamentally against what's going inside our hearts. Yeah, I think we we really, as adults, I think lots. I think <laughs> that um, COVID is kind of helped some of us i yeah. don't mean everybody because covid has been mm. the situation has been horrendous for many yeah. many people but for some it has allowed them us them to take a step back and work out what they love and what they don't love i think fashion is part of that yeah i think that we are taught as women <laughs> so much but one of the things that stick to fashion is that we have to look a certain way there are rules there are rules so I've reached the ripe old age of 59 and apparently there are certain things that I shouldn't be wearing fuck that shit (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um,
0: but also no now I mean fashion magazines are cottoning on the the fact that lots of people aren't having that women aren't Mm. having that But this stuff is really difficult to unlearn because bottom line, fashion is a business. Yeah. They want you to buy clothes. Yeah. And what it does is it can often prey on our insecurities about how our bodies are. Our bodies change. Mum status, growing older, perimenopause, menopause, all the things that make our bodies change, because guess what? That's what they do.
2: Yeah.
0: Means brands can tap into our insecurities. And so, Mm also we become very busy so it's easy to reach for the stuff that is clean and goes together so you stick yeah. to a mono palette you yeah. know, and we decide that certain things look better on other people yes even. back in the day I would go I remember going into Wallace one day I used to love Wallace it's cheap you know in my fast fashion days yeah and I took 10 items in I asked I begged the lady on the door on the, on the door you know what I mean the yeah. changing room I think you had to take eight and I took 10, I took 10 items in and I stood in that tiny little cubicle with that really awful mirror and tried every single one on and every single one looked like shite. Yeah. Now I'm a fairly confident around my body. I've gone down and come back up again because it's my body. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of my body and it moves and it works and I'm here. Yes. So yeah, I tried all these clothes on. They didn't look right. They were, they weren't made well or they they the colour wasn't every single one and I thought you know what fashion isn't for changing bodies it's for size tens mm. and size eights and young people and people with it's just not for me mm. and so I gradually kind of stepped away and I will say that where you happy has allowed me to do that because I literally wear what the F I like yeah I, I literally sometimes I look very well put together in a conventional mm. way. Sometimes I look, I use the phrase like an explosion in a paint factory. Yeah. Sometimes I look like a candidate for a fancy dress,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: I go with what I'm pulled to. And then I work my look around that. So if I fancy wearing my red hat with buttons all over it, I'm going to wear that. And then whatever comes after that, it's fine. Because yeah. that hat I made... I made first of all, and also the person who taught me to make it, katty Jenner, who is now the realist in business, is a good, good friend of mine. And it yeah. reminds me of all the cackling we did in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I feel when we were four, when we we're four and we get dressed mm. and we yeah. want to wear what we want to wear, and our parents are going, "You can't wear those wellies. Mm-hmm. It's thirty degrees outside, or you can't put that tutu on." Put some. I mean, not so much now, but certainly I remember. Yeah. Being policed, and then you have your school uniform and all that kind of stuff. I feel that that feeling, tapping into that exuberance for life and Mm. not caring what anybody thinks, because who is it? You're the center of the universe. I feel like we need to bring that back into our dressing. I
2: love that.
1: Like listening to you, it's such like the way you talk about how you dress, it's such an exploration of like feelings and intuition. From, like, I feel like you're really, like, tapping into... Yeah, intuition. How, yeah, like, there's... And it's funny, I said this just the other day, like, when something... When I know something's right, clothes-wise, I have a there's a feeling in my body like that, that I I'm like yeah that that's the one that's how I want to look and I don't do as much mat I'm I can't cope with mat like two bits <laughs> I'm so simple I'd like a skirt and a top hurts my head so I'm like dresses because it's oh, that's thing. fine that's
0: new. that's, <laughs> that's all you. I can do. yeah
1: it, it's like I think you know how Obama had the same suit. <laughs> For me, it's like I've got a dress, and I put on a dress, yeah. and yeah. I I can look at the pattern is what represents the day. Yeah, I understand. Um, but yeah, it's so interesting hearing you talk about it from those like the intuition and the feeling side. How do you think that can impact people in how they? Because I'm also struck by the um the confidence that comes with that, if that's the right word, to stand mm-hmm. out, to take up space in that way, to know that people, you know, on your days where you're like a explosion of paint factory, that people are going to look. Mm. they are going there is going to be that how do you think tapping into those things can impact how people run their businesses and how they show up there
0: I can only speak for myself in the sense that my business has evolved business has evolved over the last few years when I first became freelance first of all I didn't Mm. know what I was doing (laughs) I often don't know what I'm doing but I'm much more comfortable with that I I, I realise that many people actually don't know what they're doing. The people who run this country definitely don't know what they're doing.
1: They have no idea. They don't even know there's cameras in their offices. But I (laughs)
0: feel that acting, coming from a space of intuitive thinking isn't just about fashion. Mm -hmm. When something feels, often something will feel right and we'll second guess ourselves or we'll suppress it. And I've spent many years second-guessing myself mm-hmm. and I honed that over years in an abusive relationship mm-hmm. and I honed it and I continued it when I stayed in a job far too that wasn't serving me longer than I needed to so I was ill instead you know
2: mm-hmm.
0: so I feel that yeah dressing the way you want to makes you feel confident and therefore it helps me to make confident decisions it's one less thing to think about if I'm honest yeah. and yes. it means that I can make decisions that work well for me and my yeah. business. Most freelancers they're trying to do what they love yeah and so it's your passion it's yeah. your it's your everything. I just feel like that can reflect itself in the mm. way you dress and that doesn't mean that you have to dress ostensibly like you look slightly bonkers. it doesn't mean <laughs> that it means that your your pupils dilate when you look in the mirror.
2: Mm, oh yes
0: it means that you honor yourself and love yourself enough to put on what you love yeah not what other people love. you're not looking for the validation of a man or a friend or social media (laughs) or I did a wear your happy challenge in back in March and I remember being very aware that social media means that I didn't want people to curate their look yeah I wanted to get across the fact that if you decide what you're going to wear and then you also decide to take a picture that's your business Mm. if you also decide to tag me that's also your business I'm not interested honestly Mm -hmm. it sounds I mean it may sound contrived but I I strongly feel that way what you wear is nobody's business but your own Mm -hmm. and so dressing to suit you means suit your feelings i mean not yeah the way you look means that the other things that you do in your best this it kind of it filters over it spills over totally i'm thinking of an analogy but i don't know whether it works But i'm just going to go with let's it let's go I with used it to, i used to drive a car i don't drive anymore, i don't have a car anymore when i was driving long distances and i'd stuck in traffic in london i noticed that if someone let me out into a road after a traffic jam, it meant that I was more likely to do that yeah. to the next person.
1: Yeah, there's it's studies catching. on that. Oh, yeah. there? Oh, my yeah. God.
0: Yeah, there are studies on that. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's like smiles. It's in, They're yeah. infectious. If someone opens a door for you, yeah. you're more likely. It's like, I don't know, it's just yeah. putting some kind of happy, positive energy into the world. And I'm yeah. not your yeah, positive vibes only, gang. I'm not that person. <laughs> Calm down. But... <laughs> I do think that there's something about when you're relaxed, it makes people around you relax, which means it's catching. That's what I want to say. Totally. It's
1: It's so funny you're saying that because one of the things that I noticed in lockdown is my clothing... And it's always been a really important thing for me, but I got bolder and bolder in my clothing. So, and there was nowhere to go with it. And I think that was really useful that there were no eyes on me other than my husband who like is brilliant. And actually his clothing's done the same thing. Like, and like, yeah, he's obviously, he wears his, this best current outfit. I'm trying to think if this is true. Yeah, he's got these like pale pink, kind of bright, but also pale pink shorts and this rainbow football shirt that he got. Right. from. It's so, Love and he it. wears it with bright yellow Birkenstocks. And he's got a big beard and like, is oh, he, brilliant. It. We've both done it, but it was, it, there was something about not having those eyes on me so much, but then going out and being like, I used to be like, oh, people are going to look at me. And now I'm like, people are going to look at me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there was something about feeling okay. And this has been a big journey for me everywhere mm. with being the center of attention, like being okay with my desire to be the center of attention as well. Like it, also- that being all right and my clothes reflecting
0: that it is all right it's more than all right because remember that when you dress for yourself you allow you give other women permission to dress yeah. for themselves as well yeah. because sometimes it's about being the center of attention and sometimes you're not the center of attention no. you just think you are Yeah. yeah Do you know what i mean yeah when we get dressed up when i get dressed up when i go out and i think oh people are going to look at me i mean i don't think that anymore because that's just the way it is i often they're just going about their business yeah But you're spreading happiness to other people as well. I have a very good friend, Mumtaz Began. She used to be the craft cafe, and now she's a colour, like, therapist, a Mm colour specialist, and she does this wonderful... um, Her feed is absolutely amazing, like, the colour everywhere. Mm. But she advocates for things like colour therapy and stuff like Mm. that. And obviously she gets stared at, but more to the point, people will say to her... You look amazing. I wish I had the courage to dress like that. You only have to start with one thing, you know.
2: Yeah. This is yeah. why I think
0: lingerie I'll go back yeah. to Yeah. I'll go back to knickers. Knickers are important. I make wear your happy pants. This isn't a plug but it's going to end up being because I make colorful Ankara wear your happy pants because I know that putting them on if nothing else looks like I'm wearing my happy they're my little secret. This is comes back to where you're happy being for you it's not for anybody else yeah you might wear something that to you is where you're happy but to me it might not look that way yeah but it doesn't matter do you see
2: yeah yeah
0: so lingerie is a way of wearing your happy and you start with that you start with your knicker draw yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: that's what i think No, that answers your question about businesses though yeah
1: it does, because it kind of, I was always thinking about in town, there's always, a, there's a few people, there's this gay couple in Faversham where I live, who dressed. oh my god, they wear, like they look so, what's the word, refined in their clothing, oh, yes, yes. and I only see them at weekends, because I'm guessing they work in London from the way yeah. that they dress, which is very, where I live, that's what Favisham's like, it's very different at the weekends to in the week. But I love it when I see them, when I see the two of them walking along, often in tweed and like red trousers and stuff. Like I instantly get this like, oh, my God, you two look amazing. Look at you. you." And it's bringing that. Exactly. And so I certainly for me, it's been a spreading out of being comfortable with that feeling of being seen as who I am. And just like letting that become both like being comfortable with the being seen aspects. And also, like you say, being like, and then I just am. And that's all right. And also
0: the being seen that absolutely filters into your business. You've known me for a while now. You may or may not know that when I started my Instagram page, certainly I wasn't the person I am now.
2: Mm, You know,
0: I wasn't as bold as I am now. Menopause whilst Black didn't exist. I wasn't a podcast host. I wasn't reaching out in the same way. I was apologising. I undercharged Mm. like a mofo. (laughs) I laugh now. I laugh now at what I charged for when I first started making bags and then making clothes I undercharged I apologized I gave discounts because I didn't feel I was worth it I didn't Mm. know my worth I absolutely did not know my worth and when you start to show up as yourself and you can start with your clothing it means that that filters into recognizing your worth and really owning your business and sticking to your guns yeah when I first started I had five months with no clients whatsoever Mm. like none and I was, I wanted to, oh God, well, I wanted to die. I wanted to go back into teaching because I was like, yeah. what have I done?
2: Yes,
1: yeah. But
0: sticking to my guns and when people came to me and said to me, oh, you're, you asked a question in your group the other day about what, what's your reaction to people yes. saying you're too expensive? Yeah. That, that shit hurts. I learned that. That's fine. That's You're clearly not for me. Yeah. You know? Your clients will find you, you know. Yeah. but you have to stick to your guns yeah. and yeah. just when you get to i've noticed um in the last few years that when i've got to the bit where i thought oh maybe i should just that, that phrase you know maybe i should mm. just give up or yeah. maybe i should do something else or maybe this is me if you hold on that's the universe testing you yeah. that's the universe saying are you serious about this okay hold on hold on hold on just around the corner just around the corner
2: mm-hmm. and then
0: something happens Specsavers was that Hex yeah. savers came along when I was I was looking at my bank account thinking shit mm. <laughs> you know how do I pay for this how do I pay for that yeah. it is about I just feel like for me the way I dress has helped to make me much more confident because yeah. bottom line it's just about being honest yes. I'm much more honest about my that. intentions yeah much more honest with other people about yeah why I do things or why I'm not doing things Mm. I'm better at setting boundaries I'm still working on that but I'm much better at setting boundaries Mm. which is a big part of being honest yeah um and so my clothing is honest I'm not very good at like sometimes when you go to shoots and they say oh wear this and I'll go yeah that's in two weeks time I'm not going to do that but what I will do is I'll get up in the morning and I'll reach for what I think I might want That kind of thing. Yeah. The other thing is that this whole dressing for occasions, I feel like if COVID has taught us anything, tomorrow isn't promised. Yes. People we thought would get to the end of this haven't. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. There are clothes in your wardrobe that you'll love and you're not wearing them because you're waiting to be taken out. I don't understand. I honestly don't get it.
1: And I think we want to create the life like I a while ago I was really wanting to wear like waftier clothes like <laughs> a lot more big like I I'm always catching myself on door handles with my sleeves <laughs> always like pegging backwards but I wanted to wear bigger statementy Dresses, basically, it's Mm. always dresses with me. And I remember thinking, because one of my big goals is to buy us a house that Mm. we rent at the moment. I want to buy us like that's what I'm working towards. Mm. And I was like, I will have to wait until we've got a bigger house because our house is small. Because Mm. my house now it can't accommodate my these dresses. And I was just like, fuck that! I'm not gonna wait. I'm gonna instead I do have to hitch my dress into my knickers to go up the stairs because otherwise the stairs are steep and I will trip. (laughs) But But this is the point. I want to be me. It's honest. Like this is the
0: point. This is the point. At some point, you're going to have to live. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to. So you're going yeah. you know, yes to saving, yes to living your dream, yes to planning for the future. But I don't know where I'm going to be in five years time. Right. I don't know if I'm going to be here in five years time. I don't know if I'm going to be here in five weeks time. I want to wear what I want to wear. I'm wearing a yellow vintage house coat. I bought it. It's the first thing I bought for a very long time, clothing wise. Uh, two weeks ago at Little Sisters uh, Vintage Shop in Peckham, mm-hmm. I bought this because I was going to wear it as a dress out. I now wear it, I mean, I will do both, but I'm currently wafting around in it in my home. Yeah. It makes me feel like an extra from some gorgeous Technicolor film. I feel yeah. amazing in it. Yeah. It's also great for doing podcasting because you think <laughs> I've dressed up. But this, is <laughs> this is literally my house
1: Literally my housecoat. <laughs> I love it that's like well this is like just one big tent of a caftan
0: like (laughs) we get just to go out what about dressing to be in my home to be in your home yeah what about living yes you don't want to be reckless you don't want to be I'm not a fan of fast fashion at all I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of slow fashion about maybe saving for a bit longer and buying something you really love that's going to last rather than buying something every you know that kind of thing yeah but at the same time you want to have fun. Life yeah. is for having yeah. fun. It's so uh, much, isn't
1: there? It, it is so much. much. Yeah. And it's it's just, <laughs> it's so interesting. So many people do my courses and they're like, I wasn't expecting to change how I dress during your course. I wasn't expecting to decorate my house. Mm. But it's, it's like, it's like that thing of like, I, I often say like, when you're really in your space, like doing your thing, yeah. you will feel like you're becoming more of who you always were that's the kiddie and it's that's lovely that's the kiddie I spent
0: the best part of 40 years trying Mm. to be someone and trying to fit into spaces that either didn't suit me or you know trying to be the best partner the Mm. best head of house the best teacher the best mother sister Mm. daughter etc etc the minute I had to be ill by the way to do this which is why I'm so vocal now because I want people to get it way before I did. Yes. I don't want anybody to wait till their fifties to decide yeah. to be honest with themselves. Yeah, Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Whereas now I can be, and I'm going to be really wanky now, my true authentic self. Yeah. Woo. But seriously,
2: <laughs> but yeah. I, know, I hate
0: it. But I feel like, and also that's growth. We're supposed to grow. We're not supposed to stay the same. We're supposed to change. And part mm. of that changing is, not liking the same things, not yeah. doing the same things, not having the same friends, not hanging around necessarily with people who drain you, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so I feel like, yeah, that being yourself and dressing is just part
1: of that. It's just a tiny exactly. part of that. Exactly. You know? Absolutely. That's what uh, I think. So I'm going to ask you a few questions in there, like just finishing sentences or really quick things to answer. So the first okay. one is finish this sentence. Money is. right. Great, I love that. It's just great. Um, Favourite book you've read recently? And it can be, it doesn't have to be a business book. It can be anything.
0: Or oh to. man, I'm, I'm devouring books at the moment. I am half, okay. So I really love The Shift by Sam Baker. No, I haven't uh, which read is a that, call to action. It. It's a call mm. to action for midlife women. I really, really mm. love that. It's not for everybody, but I just kept going, yes, yes. You no, know, <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't know, When Harry Met Sally, that scene, you know. <laughs> but I, I am currently devouring Emma Dabry's book, the old one, Not she's got a new one out, the old one, which is um, Don't Touch My Hair, mm. which is just incredible it mm. just speaks to me on so many levels I want mm. everybody to read it but yeah there are two there are too many books mm. I, I'll mention those two, but there are many many more and my my shelves are full of books <laughs> Do you know books I haven't read and books and I've got yeah. a cart actually on my a shopping cart on my laptop that is has a couple of books in it that I haven't bought yet so yeah
1: I've never interviewed anyone on this podcast who's gone do you know what I'm not a book person yeah everyone no. always goes well there's this and this and this which is exactly books why they're, why they're they lead, my people they lead you to other books
0: and then they lead you to other yeah books. So, and what oh. I tend to do is alternate business books kind of bore me if I'm honest but there was one that I read that was a game changer and I'm going to remember it in a minute so I'm going to keep Tell talking me. until I remember it
1: I'll have to buy it though. <laughs> uh, you're a badass. What's the one? You're oh, you're a, a badass. badass at, she's got, you're a badass at making money in and, right. you're, a, and you're a badass is the other one. Are we say it yeah, so, so like that, Britishly, you're a badass. Yeah, you're badass. a badass It's <laughs>
0: making money. Yeah, that was good. That's a book that I would help me change my money script. Mm. Uh, yeah, that was complicated.
1: well Karen you know where I am um so (laughs) the impact and I'm really trying to refine this question to be more inclusive so it's a bit clunky still at the moment but the impact of people who have traditionally been left out of money making making money is
0: I follow Candice Brathwaite Mm. in fact I know a lot of black women who are getting coin yeah well-deserved coin but Candice Brathwaite is unapologetic about luxury and
2: yes.
0: making money and whilst yeah. she's not for everybody who <laughs> is for everybody um I love when she just shows up and shows out yes and I I, I there's so well this is another podcast but there's so much shame around money
2: mm-hmm. uh
0: making especially when you traditionally I was brought up to only buy what I could afford and Mm. my saving comes from that but that said my saving habits saved me
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know when I was unemployed
0: yeah so what what's the answer to that the answer is affirming Mm.
1: yeah Candice is such a good example as well because she is so she puts across her whole that she's talking about therapy and she's talking about renting bags and she's talking about buying the stuff and she talks about the impact of watching women like her open like on YouTube with their luxury. Like she's talking about so many. I love watching her as well. I think it's fascinating how she owns she, it.
0: She I've watched her grow. I've watched yeah. her journey. I feel like I feel invested in yes. her journey. And I feel, you know. It's like when I see friends get book deals and mm-hmm. I just feel, I just think, oh my God, that's, that can be me. I yeah. can do that too. Yeah. I think that's really important. Growing yeah. up, I didn't see
2: yeah
0: wealth. I didn't see anybody doing what I'm doing now, actually. Yeah. I didn't imagine myself being this age. I didn't think mm-hmm. I'd, not because I thought I'd be dead. I just, 59 wasn't an age. Yeah. That I imagined myself in. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, and yeah. So seeing black women do it Man. yeah we sh- we all need everybody from all walks of life need many more stories yeah that we that resonate with us which Absolutely. is you know, why i bang on about stuff
1: that's <laughs> <laughs> why we're here <laughs> yeah. talking about this thing okay this is a complete change of pace this question wicked if you could eat one thing for the rest of your life <laughs> it can be a dish Or it could be, I mean, I I always say this when I ask this question, but I cheat and I'm like, Mexican food? (laughs) But like, yeah, what would it be? Oh God. I know, it's a cruel question.
0: (laughs) I like so much food, food Mm -hmm. is everything. Yeah. I was vegan once, I didn't, it didn't last. It did last, but no.
1: The reason I can't be vegan, so I really like cheese. Oh, exactly. I mean, how, how? There are so many varieties. And vegans, I love you. I love many of you dearly, but oh, it I know doesn't many. taste the same. Some of my best
0: friends are vegans. Yeah, I mean,
1: exactly. <laughs> but when a vegan says to me that the cheese no. tastes good, no, it doesn't. You've just not had real cheese for so long. Yeah, you think I it really like good.
0: cheese. <laughs> I thought I'd miss bacon. I'm vegetarian, though. I'm, yeah. I'm, so I'm not. That's a lie. I'm pescatarian. <laughs> God, I get there in the end. So I oily fish situation, menopause. But um I'm gonna to have to say cheese. I didn't think yeah. I'd say that because there are dishes that I, my do, both my 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 daughter work. My oldest daughter works in food. Her partner mm. works in food. So oh. you know, she's a food writer. She makes oh bread.
1: bread. I was that bread's mine.
0: I think bread. Yeah, bread is great. She made Kareem made a chola, which is a oh, Jewish bread. Yeah, I think it's so. Got I've had one. Cream and
1: it's amazing. Butter
0: and, and she brought me some over. I honestly, bread is yeah. life. It,
1: it, it is. literally is fresh bread as so,
0: um, well. Wow. Oh god. Oh. <laughs>
1: Now I'm really hungry.
0: You know what I'm going to do when we come off
1: this podcast? <laughs> Honestly, this is why like I love this podcast and this is one of the only bits that's not really about money. And this is the bit that every time I'm like like we had somebody on called Katie Prince and she was telling us how to like reheat a pizza the oh, right way. Like, and, and we, I was just like, "Oh my god, tell me more." Okay, last question. <laughs> Best bit of money or business advice you've ever received. Outstuff the sauce you hate. Yeah, yeah. I spent
0: years trying to do my tax return. Every year, tears, missing deadlines, yeah, anxiety. I have a visceral reaction to stuff like that. Yeah. And I've bitten the bullet recently, as you know, (laughs) and asked for help around accounting
2: accounts
0: yeah banks and stuff like that and i'm about to do that but the yeah paying someone to do my tax return i felt so guilty about it
2: oh, and this isn't about
0: money paying a gardener is something else yeah. that i struggled with for years and then i thought fuck it i'm doing it then look, outsource the stuff yeah if you can yeah I outsource the stuff that you hate because that will give you time
2: yeah energy
0: to stick to the stuff that you love exactly win win (laughs) situation
1: and accountants know what they're doing like it's that we don't we're not meant to don't well I you do I don't I don't with that stuff I am not I am not an accounts coach believe me my accountant who is marvelous will attest to that because I am not good at the admin (laughs) thank you Karen it's been such a joy Um, it's been so much fun now we do the awkward ending of a podcast where we end it we pretend we're finishing and we're not really <laughs> thank you for being here can you tell people how they can find you before we do oh my go? god
0: you can find me on instagram i spend a lot of time on instagram the karanatha is my main account where i chat about everything but mostly fashion and sewing and menopause whilst black is where I talk about menopause and racism and also anything I have a website but it's changing over so if you google thekarenarthur.com though my website comes up (laughs) I know that's exciting that
1: is exciting (laughs) getting a website sorted and accounts in in a space of that is big news cool thanks Karen Thank you for listening to the Moneymakers podcast. I'm delighted you could be here with me. If you liked what you heard, please do leave us a review. It makes all the difference in getting these episodes heard by more people. A huge thank you to Erin Maguire, who edits these episodes. You can find her details below, and to my team, who do all the hard work in getting this podcast to your ears. You can, of course, find me on Instagram at raydodd and in my Facebook group also called moneymakers. Thanks again.